covering Danish society from Greenland to Gilalai. In-studio debates, live chats and more. Experts, expats, Danes and internationals coming together to recover what got lost in translation. We're building bridges by tearing down walls between Danes and internationals living in Denmark. Welcome to Radio Lit. Yes, welcome to this one-hour weekly talk programme about the ins and outs of Danish life, culture and politics. So, Cam, we're changing the game up a bit because until now we've been thematically uh, diving into topics relating to life in Denmark, but that is changing now. Yeah, that's right, Miriam. It's about time we give more space for analysis and anecdotes because life in another country is complicated, especially in these times. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so what exactly are we going to do? So each week we will unfold the biggest headlines in Denmark from the previous week. We're going to look at the what, the how, and try and answer what, why on earth it matters. And uh, yeah, as always, it will be informative. It will be anecdotal. It will be fun. Because we have fun, <laughs> you and me. Because we're fun, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it will also involve views from both Danes and internationals living in Denmark, both via the different social media platforms we're on, but also because you, Cam, are from Scotland, living in Denmark, and I am a Dane who's lived abroad. Yes. And in combination, we're pretty international. Yeah, we are. We're like the UN, but in podcast form. <laughs> Very white, western, northern oh, God, <laughs> UN. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. So what is the first story uh, yeah. from last week? I so, think this one is that one that really appeals to you. Yes, because I love royal drama. <laughs> so on uh, September the 28th, the Kongohusel, which is the royal... Did I say that correct? Kongohusel? Yes, yes, you yeah. did. So the, the royal house uh, released a statement making changes to the titles of the children and any descendants of Prince Joachim. Yes, and for those who don't know, either because they haven't heard about the Danish royal family or, quite frankly, they don't care... Prince Joachim is the second son to Queen Margaret, so he is the little brother of uh, Crown Prince Frederick, who is yeah. the heir to the throne. And he's had a bit of a colourful life. He's been married twice. Yes, he's yeah. been married to uh, Alexandra first, who I I have met when okay. I was little in kindergarten. She came to reveal a new culture house where I grew up, and I very briefly spoke to her and explained with great pride how all of us kids had drawn, drawn all the pictures ourselves i mm -hmm. think i was six years old or something she like probably that. remembers it to this day yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> my face and everything <laughs> i always refer to her as like the danish sarah ferguson who was married to prince andrew ah. who was kind of like was a divorcee but still in that says a lot about Joachim, though doesn't it yeah. <laughs> i hope <Yeah>. not <laughs> God. <laughs> yes. yes. But they had two sons together. Yes, they did. And the oldest one is 23 yeah. now, and so the youngest is 20. He's 20. Yeah. He's just turned 20. And then, so they, they got a divorce, and she's now, I think she's still Grau Inne. So what does that mean? That is Countess. Yes, okay. Um, and uh, she got remarried, and he got remarried to um, a French uh, lady by the name of Marie. Okay. And they also had two kids. But sh is she like legit French? Or is it like a, my ancestors are French? No, she's legit uh, French. Okay. And Alexandra uh, was, her parents were, and she herself uh, were from Hong Kong. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, so it's it's quite an international. So how was the connection to Denmark? Do you know? I don't know how they they met. Okay. Uh, to be honest, I think they just well, it's the same with the crown prince is married to yeah. uh, um, an Australian, right? So I mm. guess on one men of many royal visits, you s- tend to bump into other human beings. And we've been in every port. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, their grandfather was a sailor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, so. Yeah. That's kind of that's Joachim's life in a nutshell. I'm sure there's many other different complicated threads, but that's what we'll sum up with. But um, <laughs> so he has four children uh, four across uh, across two marriages, yes. and it's these four children that have been stripped of their royal titles, well, prince and princess, yes. basically. It doesn't mean that they're no longer uh, in line to the throne, but they will not be able to be called prince or princess anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's, and also now they will not be addressed by your highness, it's no. your excellence instead. No. So the queen made a statement, or the, the Kongo also made a statement, and they said her majesty has decided that as of the 1st of January 2023, his royal highness, Prince Joachim's descendants, can only use their titles as counts and countesses of Mon Pizat as the titles of prince and princesses that they have held up until now will be discontinued. Prince Joachim's descendants will thus have to be addressed as excellencies in the future. The Queen's decision is in line with similar adjustments that other royal houses have made in various ways in recent years. The thing, the reason why this was a big news was because, quite frankly, Joachim and Marie and even Alexandra all made comments to the press that they were shocked about yep. this and that they were quite frankly distressed and even the children spoke out and said that well according to the parents and to the older children as well it felt like a part of their identity has had been ripped from them yeah i see <laughs> i see your your face cam and you're like oh poor like, poor oh, you for not bringing a little prince oh. anymore what it does do is that it it puts the royal family the danish royal family in quite a new yeah. light um i was actually quite shocked that it happened because it it the Danish royal family, at least in my opinion, and compared to, the, for example, the English royal family, mm. seems much more connected and much more communicative, um, and with less sort of how do you say scandals yeah. in the mix. And it came it it really showed that there was a divide between um, Her Majesty the Queen and her her younger son. And I thought yeah. that was quite uh, I wasn't aware of uh, I was quite shocked. No, honestly. it was. Reading the press that followed it was quite um, interesting because it seems like nobody was talking to each other mm. like face to face, but they mm. were talking through staff to yeah. each other. One thing I realised with all of the royal families is it is essentially a business. Yes. There is the family at the centre of it and then there's the, you know, the business surrounding mm. it. Um, for example, you as a Dane, do you know how much they're getting paid? I, uh, my guess would be way too much. So you can find this on the website, the civil list. And the Queen is, as of the 1st of April 2021, she receives a payment of 7,250,586 kroner a month. And yeah. this covers uh, staff, operations of the Royal Household, administration and properties, as well as the Queen's expenses of a more private nature. Um, also... Her sister, Princess Benedicti, who's kind of like her assistant, from what I understand. Well, I mean, she's she's a royal as well, yeah. so she also has official duties. Mm. Um, and that's essentially what the royal family does. Their job is the yeah. official duties yeah. and the representation, right? She also gets a payment mm. every month. And then uh, a little bit further down the website, it says... 
that the crown prince and the crown princess or the crown prince receives 1.784 million kroner a mm. month and the crown princess receives 10%. That's a ridiculous amount, but um, I mean, as you say, it's it's also for all the the things that you know covering also expenses of the house and which are I guess um, owned by the royal family, but in extension of that, owned by the government. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the royal family are trustees. Mm. From what I understand, the reason why this is interesting is because it's it's signifying a shift in in you know the royal household, which is also what we've been seeing now with the death of Queen Elizabeth yep. in the UK, right? Her Majesty Queen Margaret uh, the Second uh, stated that it, she removed these titles because she wants to give more freedom to her grandchildren mm. to be able to live and exist and take on jobs and remove some of the pressure and responsibility of the royal household from them whether that's 100 percent true mm. or not it does signify a shift in the royal family going i mean the danish royal family has always been a lot closer to the public than i would say the british royal family yeah. but it just signals another step in the direction of potentially uh dissolving the royal uh the monarchy altogether in the future i think we're seeing a streamline or a diet diet coke version mm. of the monarchy, but the the title changes only affect Joachim's children. They mm. don't inf they don't affect Frederick, Crown Prince Frederick, and Crown no. Princess Mary's children. Um, so Nikolai, Felix, Henrik, and Athena mm. will lose their titles. Uh, Mary though has came out. Princess Mary, Crown Princess, has said that they are when the time comes also mm. going to look at their children's titles. You mentioned this with like also you know the royal family being a business, and it's mm. quite interesting. In terms of like using the royal, the the royal family or like the the titles of prince and princess as, even as a a, a brand. Yeah. And I th and I think you know stripping. Talk, yeah, I think you're talking about the, the boys when they're modeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the oldest children are, are of Joachim are models. Yeah. And when they're prince, you know, the prince yeah. model, and and you know what does that do to the image of the Danish royal family? Yeah. Um. So it's it might also in some level be a protection of the brand of the yeah. royal family. You can also find on YouTube if you really look deep. Sarah Ferguson, after she divorced Prince Andrew, she was selling coffee in the United States and calling it Princess Coffee. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. But the, the if, you, if you can brand it, yeah. <laughs> Anything but, can be branded. So all of the kind of, just to finish up with this, so all of, there was a big backlash from Joachim's family, um, very, you know, identities being taken. The Queen has made an apology. Um, she said that she was sorry for the oh, effect. Oh, she did? Yeah, the, mm. the effect that it had on the family. And uh, she didn't understand that the effect that it would have or the magnitude, but she hopes that her family can find peace and that she wanted to remind us that her family are her great pride and joy. Christmas will be fun this year. It's very, very fun. You're a princess and I'm not. <laughs> I wonder if Frederick will uh, and Mary will bite there or... I know, yeah. That's the big thing. Apparently there's a lot of drama between Joachim's wife and Mary. She Ma Are you thinking it's because it's Marie and Mary? Yeah, and Marie <laughs> had made this thing saying that the daughter was being bullied. Kids at school said, you're not a princess anymore. And apparently that was a jibe at Mary because she's an anti-bullying campaigner and it's all... Oh, yeah. A lot of drama actually in the Danish royal family. Mm. There was also the whole thing of the, the Herlusholm oh, school God, where yeah. they had to take out their children. And mm. Well, I mean, that just goes to show that royals are humans as well. Yeah. 
So the 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 really more drama. <laughs> I would say the really big news or the real yeah. big news because of course this with the royal family is something that at least for a lot of uh Danes is ca- quite a Symbolic. even a shocking move and it's been a, a huge debate on social media as well mm. and like both in terms of like it actually happening but also I think Joachim went out with like teary-eyed uh um when he confronted the pre- <laughs> exactly and there's been a lot of like comments on social media about him needing to stop whining and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Um but the real big news is mm-hmm. that last week mm-hmm. on October 3rd uh was the first day of the opening of parliament and the day after after four months of waiting prime minister Mitterfeldsen finally declared that there was going to be a general election and nice. on the 1st of November we will have a general election in Denmark. And the placards are up. Oh my I can God. see already. Yes, in spite of uh, climate being a really big part of this year's election, mm. everyone continues to put on these posters and and we're using the plastic strips yeah. to set them up. I actually read an article um where because I think it was Dia who was focusing on why the politician continue to do this when climate is such a big issue and they all came most of them came back with the answer that was just like it's just the best way to be visible. Which is the way to say like so you would you would rather like for your own gain you would continue to do this rather than make a bigger mission statement about saving the climate even though the planet is burning great. Yeah. I I think we just we kind of settle on where the politicians are in in terms of the all just going to end up in the ocean anyway. Not the politicians the platforms <laughs> I mean. They the are. And then the, the problem every year is that they stay there for too long after. And yeah. in the well, I mean, in the end, there will be some politicians who don't take down their placards can actually get a fine. Um, yeah, we covered this in the Camonaville. I, I think we I think we did. Yeah, I was actually I actually passed by one of the politicians setting up his placards in Copenhagen on on uh, on Friday. I was like seeing the same face for like 20 meters. And then all of a sudden I saw the actual guy who owns the face <laughs> attaching said face to yeah. the side of a tree it was it was quite interesting you should have been at me like excuse me yes. who are you yes. <laughs> <laughs> look at his puzzlement on his oh face my. yeah so there will be an election on the first of november uh except for in fair islands they uh, requested to have it a day earlier because the first of november in fair islands is the national day of mourning for mm. uh, people lost at sea and uh, it, it went for uh, to a vote in the Danish parliament and all the parties except for this new party Moderaterne uh, which is run by Lars Løkke Rasmussen voted for the change so his party was the only one who were against it for some reason can i ask a question with this general election absolutely you talked about the Faroe Islands and i i understand that the Faroe Islands in Greenland have uh Jemstur mm. home rule they have their own parliaments Well, I mean no. Greenland is is quite a bit separate for Faroe Islands, but they do have like their own local uh, home rule and government. And then so basically there are 179 mandates in the Danish parliament. That means yeah. 179 seats for yeah. politicians. Four of those seats goes to Greenland and Faroe Islands. So two are for Greenlandic politicians or politicians yeah. from Greenland <clears throat> parties and two are from uh for Faroese politicians. Okay. And then the parties that are in those individual in the Greenlandic and the Faroese mm. parliament are they offshoots of the Danish parties or are they different? No, they are um, uh, political uh, parties and representatives in Greenland and Faroe Islands, and okay. so they will also be voted on. It, the Greenlandic people and the Faroese will decide on who will get to go to be in the Danish parliament. Okay, so this is the 
they have like it's like the UK where they have a Scottish Parliament election and then we have the general election. Mm. So then, in Greenland and Bear Islands, they're voting for who will represent them in Copenhagen. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Just thought I'd clarify. No, I think that's very very fair point. Um, so yeah, the the thing with so it's the election we've been waiting for for four months. Everyone has been saying when is Meta gonna announce it? When is she gonna announce it? And in fact, it has been the media has been very. Um, pushy towards getting her to announce it because in Denmark every fourth year you have to sign out an election you can do it before but every four year our, our government needs to change um and finally she did it and um what was the delay good question I mean don't know. no okay. I think the same reason she delayed opening up society during after the second lockdown <laughs> okay get basically. it in there go on yeah <laughs> get it in there <laughs> call it lazy call it Forsichtighilsprinzip a principle of being extra cautious who knows I think there's definitely something strategic to it yeah um, because you know she's been going through the mink scandal and then in summer Inga Stoiber came out um, and all of a sudden announced that she was going to be running as well uh, in this election with her own party and Inga Stoiber is a is a sh- shoot off politician um, she was <laughs> that's, that's I know nicely but that's but that's why again before we jump into all of this this year's election is just full of intrigues it's so complicated there's so many drums there's so many actors i mean in the yes. us and uk you have like two parliaments against each other and you kind of know where you stand yeah. denmark this year i mean the number of new part- parties in the game is insane the, in the num- game i love the it. game the no game. It's, <laughs> it's a game it's like when you play kahoot and you know you have like I don't know fifty thousand emojis, and you don't know who is actually answering, but you just wait till the end of the game, and hopefully you'll yeah, figure out who the winner is. Someone. This is what it feels like, and there are so many new parties, and there are so many um, personalities this year. It's instead of being like what party and what values, all the parties are sort of mixing across the board rather mm-hmm. than being strictly left wing or strictly right wing, and there are so many names out there so you know you could say it's social democrat and the social democrats or it would be venstre uh, left which is a right-wing party i know confusing <laughs> but actually it that's not what we're talking sorry it's, just clarify mm-hmm. for the english speakers venstre in danish is left oh right but yeah. they're right wing <laughs> so they're called left but they're right wing yes exactly welcome to the show <laughs> Welcome to Denmark. Yes, welcome to Denmark. <laughs> it's left, but it's actually right. right. Okay. Oh, so, um, but you know, we don't hear the, so much the name of the parties. It's Mette Frederiksen versus Lars Lykke Rasmussen versus Inger Stoiber versus Søren Pape Poulsen versus Morten Metter-Smith. That's five names already that are just being thrown out there. And it's it's insane because as a voter, even as a Dane who can read everything, I'm freaking confused yeah. about what's going on and and what are the big topics. So so that's what I'm hoping we can we can maybe try and uncover a bit now. Um, and I can't vote, so I have no horse in this race. But and that's another that's another sad thing in my opinion because a big topic that we should be focusing on uh rather than the mink scandal is immigration. We're in a time in Denmark where we have the lowest unemployment rate, but we also have so many companies that are desperate looking for skilled labor and skilled employees across all sectors and all industries. And and yet we're not lo- loosening the immigration rules. A huge issue and I I personally believe it's an issue that 
trickles down into some of the other issues that are coming up in politics here, which is uh, the crisis of the healthcare system, uh, nurse not not having enough nurses, uh, the nurses being under too much pressure, mm-hmm. um, and and generally just lacking uh, skilled labor. Dive into some of it. I mean, I'll just start mm. based on scandal. Mm. CERN paper mm. is my favorite so far. That man. What a life he leads for being a conservative. But what? But what an I mean, what a <laughs> drama he put on. Like he he came and announced that he was gonna uh, run, which already makes things kind of murky because normally in Denmark it has been like the left versus the right, which is what you get in many countries, and you have two major parties, and their their leader will be the ones against each other. So it has been Mette Frederiksen mainly on the left, um, and then it has been. Um, Uh, Venstre's lead um, on the right and these two against each other. And then Sun Paper Polson came out and said, actually, I'm going to run for, run for prime minister. And all of a sudden you have two candidates on the right. And so we had the first kind of prime minister's debates or party debate was between three candidates, which is quite new, actually. Okay. So it's been it's been interesting. So to normally see him. in previous elections... Like the, you said, the prime minister's debate is that always with the two same parties, or does it kind of change? And who's no, it's most... it's majority parties who has okay. the majority of the votes and who would then put the lead. So on the right, for example, you would have Venstre would maybe have a majority of the right wing voters, and so Sun Paper's party would normally say we're going to support Venstre because then they know they will potentially get a seat in government. But instead of just saying we're going to support Venstre and support whoever their leader is, he's come out and say like we're still right wing, but I'm going to run and okay. I would like to be the leader. Nice. And that means that there even comes some intrigues on... Well, it's not nice, but, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Very nice. Good for you, No, Sarah. I mean, like, the fact that it's not just this... Because in the UK, it's always just Labour, Conservatives, Labour. But the thing is, you know, when you changing. start understanding this, you start seeing this is a reality TV show. Yeah. It's really like, I'm like Big Brother or Paradise Hotel, and it's like, who's going to sleep with who? Yeah. And, and Love Island. Oh, my God, yes. It's, um, it, it's, I actually find it quite uh, quite exhilarating to follow. So, but he's an interesting character because he came out and he said, "I'm I'm now gonna run for for prime minister," and uh, and then uh, shortly after there was a scandal regarding his God, yes. his partner. So he has a husband, uh, or did I believe the split up now, who was from the Dominican Republic. Mm. I'll just kind of bad it. I'll whittle it down. First, he claimed his husband was Jewish because uh, his husband has claimed he was Jewish. Because so his husband claimed he was Jewish, and then Cern said his husband was Jewish. Yes, and he said it at a sort of anti-Semitism mm-hmm. conference with the Danish Jewish yeah. community. Yeah, and he was he said that his husband was at the synagogue every Saturday with, yeah, uh, this yeah. He specifically used it to say I can relate to the Jewish yes. community because my husband is Jewish yeah. and grew up every Saturday going to uh, prayers at the synagogue. And. Then uh, the press went to the town in the Dominican Republic where his husband is from and asked, quite a small town village. Gotta love the press. <laughs> just just went, um, I believe it was TV Talk, just went mm. and just asked people, is this man Jewish? And they were like, no, he's from the Seven Days uh, Church. He's mm. a Christian, Christian mission. Yes. So that was the first um, thing. And then uh, CERN went on holiday to the Dominican Republic and held... Uh, meetings with Dominican politicians yes. and did not notify the Danish Foreign Service so it wasn't so, sanctioned so it was unofficial 
uh, political meetings while on holiday. Mm -hmm. And also what came on later is that because of these kind of unraveling of his, his partner's private life, him and his partner have now split. Yes. Um, his partner was also in a bar fight. Did oh, you read about this? I did not know that. It's in a bar fight. And I, see, I love it. I like it. It just keeps piling on. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, Cam. Oh, my God, yes. So the first <laughs> incident, his his partner was um, stopped because they're from Vibor, or Cern's from Vibor. Um, <laughs> that not no, sorry, I'll rephrase that. They live, they were in Vibor, Cern is from Vibor, and his husband drove from their home in Vibor to a Burger King. And was driving a little bit kind of weird. And then uh, Julen's Politi, the, the, the Danish police, pulled him over and he was drunk. Uh, um, as a skunk. Uh, which is, I mean, hence driving to the Burger King. Yeah, okay. I mean, those dots so connect. that was that. Then he was given punishment for that. And then he was in a bar fight with uh, an LA bar in Copenhagen with a Slovakian lawyer. I love it. Um... Apparently oh there was a... From Burger King to LA bar. Yeah, yeah. Apparently there was a bar fight. Um, Cern's Dude husband... gets around. ...claimed that it was a hate crime, but then the Slovakian lawyer said that he was coming on to him, mm. i.e. I, Cern's husband was coming on to him. Mm. Um, and then the lawyer got a jail sentence, 60 days, for beating him up. So then that was... And then the, 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 the top... Oh, yeah, and then he also claimed to be the nephew of the Dominican Republic's president, the husband, claimed it. to be the nephew, and then it was proven he's not the nephew. And then there was a weird thing where Cern told the, the press that he was his husband went on holiday to the Dominican Republic and then video called him and he was talking to the Dominican president. Final thing is Africa on ice. Did you hear about this? Yes. He described so, Greenland as Africa on ice. This has been in the news uh, quite recently. That yeah, he's described Greenland as Africa on ice. And then in Parliament, the Greenlandic politician currently sitting in in government asked him to explain and come with an official apology for saying this. According to CERN, it was because he was comparing the social issues going on in Greenland, um, but just not not very cool no and he just apologized for being direct and very square very he really square apologized for his he did, exactly he'd apologize for being square and that he's being scrutinized for that fortunately so but that, it's just yeah. a very one of many very colorful uh personalities <laughs> and he's in charge of the conservative party yes <laughs> i know <laughs> like that's what? i'm telling you danish politics this year is hilarious <laughs> but they've split up now husband and son so that's oh so that's that's a lot of things that have been going on of course there's been like the whole mink scandal with meta flex and, and she officially actually apologized okay. uh for being wrong on certain um issues uh regarding or certain stances she took regarding the whole mink scandal uh so a lot of these things are coming up um, but I think it's it's worth diving into a few of the the election themes, because actually, okay, so there's an election. It's all over the place. What are actually some focus points? Where can we actually center our focus and understand what is going to happen in the next, not even month, because there's less than a month to to us having to go and vote. Um, so what what it, we are currently in is one of the biggest financial uh well one of the biggest living crises mm -hmm. in our time inflation is at the highest since 1982 uh so the highest in 40 years it's at 10 percent now and we haven't seen it since what is in denmark is known as the oil crisis and where we had sundays where people didn't drive cars because there there was a we didn't have the oil simply and um 
back then, one of the things that happened was that they created a government across the right wing and the left wing. Um, like a hung parliament here. Yeah, b- and, and normally hung parliament has happened in Denmark, but it's happened like left wing hung parliaments with different par- parties getting together or right wing parliament uh, hung parliament, but never sort of between the two spreads or divides. Um, and Mette Frederiksen is, is talking about doing that now. She's actually running the election campaign on that, on saying, I want to create a hung parliament across the left and the right. And, uh, well, last time that happened, the, that parliament lasted one year because <laughs> they couldn't do agree think, on anything. <laughs> do you think she's... I'm asking for an opinion, do you, like a personal opinion. Do mm. you think she's doing it for, like, the good of, like, getting through the winter or getting through this crisis? Or do you think it's a power thing to keep? Well, of course it's a power thing. It's a it's about being able to be the party in charge. I mean, when Inga Stoiberg, that we mentioned previously, announced that she was running the election, uh, what happened was that a lot of Socialdemokratie's voters went to Inga Stoiberg. So all yeah. of a sudden, um, Socialdemokratie didn't have that majority that they needed to be a single party. So that's one thing. Another thing is that Socialdemokratie on immigration policies have already in previous election shifted a lot towards the right and adapted a lot of the the right-wing policies um and i i listened to this podcast by a danish um, media uh, outlet called elting where they talked about they had a theory that there is this divide still and it's also a big theme in this year's politics the divide between the cities and the countryside which is also something that you and I talk about in terms of like representing internationals, right? There's yeah. a lot going on in Copenhagen, but what about life in the suburbs and in the countryside of Denmark? The guys in this podcast said that it, it's also, it seemed like a cheap trick to try and address the voters in the countryside because most left-wing parties or the cities in general have been known to vote for left-wing parties. So the l- parties on the left know that they have a strong following in the cities but in order to stand strong in this election they need to also grasp those voters in in the outskirts and so adapting either right-wing policies or joining forces with right-wing parties is a good gateway to those voters right because the demographic in the countryside is people that have people maybe <coughs> born and grew up in the countryside mm. And generally, just at, um, look more at the policies that the right-wing parties are more known for. So, for example, a, a big focus on care for the elders, um, stricter immigration policies, and and things that you would you would expect from from the outskirts, mm-hmm. where you don't have so much diversity yeah. or you don't have the same issues that you see as in the cities. Yeah. So that's something. It's interesting to see whether this would happen because Lars Løkke Rasmussen, who has created this center party called Moderaterne, the Moderates. <laughs> I don't know what I think about that. What do you think about that name, Cam? The Moderates. The moderates. I don't know. In the UK, we have, it's very literal names. It's like Liberal Democrats, yes. Labour, <laughs> Conservatives. You know, it's not... Well, it's we have, the, the thing is, those names are already taken in Denmark, right? Yeah, we have true. the Conservatives, the Social Democrats, the... the um, we the also DF have yes yeah. the Danish Danish People's Party, Party Liberal they? Alliance. They are very quiet. I remember when I first moved here, they were always in the press. Oh, because Morten um, Messerschmidt became came in charge, and then thirteen of his party members quit. Okay, so that's pretty much what happened. There we go. Yeah, so he's he's still making noise around, but I don't see him as a threat anymore. Okay. <laughs> if you anymore? can put it like that. <laughs> no, Dan, is he not around? 
Rasmus Paladin. He no, he is not. He's been doing politics in Sweden. Oh, wow. He's. <laughs> I'm telling you, Danish politics in these years is last incredible. Time, the last election we had, yeah. he was, he ran. He, he ran. Was, he was yeah. trying to get the 3% or whatever yes, it was. Yes, he was. But he's now in Sweden. He's now in Sweden, yes. And what happened in Denmark is that we have a lot of uh, new parties that also join forces. I think was the Green Party and the Vegan Party went together to form sort of like a green uh, digitization party. Ultra. Oh, yeah, there we go. Ultra environmentally aware. Um, and then, of course, Lars Lukas Moderaterne, which they actually... Um, Sum them up. In a couple of words, what is their thing? Center, neutral? I would say just the best of both worlds, basically. <laughs> that annoying person that's just trying to gather everything. Because yeah. they are they are a, a center party. That's kind of where they went. And they went last look with um, him. He left. He used to be the leader of Venstre. He's a former prime minister before Metaflex. Two terms, no? I think two yeah. terms, yeah. And he uh, left Venstre, his old party, and formed this new party and actually gained uh, 3.1% of the voters, I think, which has uh, left him in a quite powerful position because depending on who he supports, he can either tip the favor in, in towards right or towards left. And he has apparently announced that he won't support um, a government where Mitterfrieden is the lead. So that okay. leaves Social Democraten in kind of a tight spot. So let me pose this. Who's who's Meta's friends at the moment? Do you have any? Certainly um, not the mink farmers. I was going to say. It's <laughs> <laughs> hmm, a good question, actually. I think she was campaigning in all... I mean, I know she's from Albor, but she was campaigning in Albor, and I thought, oh, she's very brave to go up to North Jutland after. But well, she just came there to still her, like, local uh, heritage. And, you know, she went there and she cried a tear last year for the poor mink farmers. And yeah. I don't know. I think, um, of course, being the strongest party on the left, uh, she has the other left-wing parties, like Inhilslisten, and uh, Socialistisk Folkeparti supporting her to a certain degree because I still they would still uh, rather see a left-wing government than they would see a right-wing government. But everybody is kind of unanimous on Mink that it was bad. Every well, I mean, friends, I mean. Oh yeah, okay. I mean, I I think every everyone is unanimous of saying let's not have a political scandal. But there is still that question of should she be prosecuted um, for what what happened during her government term. But it's 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 kind of also funny to see that being a, a, a part of the debate because you're kind of saying like, uh, yes, it was a scandal that happened, it's a political scandal, it's something that she should be held accountable for. At the same time, doing the whole election campaign and debates around that topic, yeah. I mean, we have a climate crisis. There's war in Ukraine. We are struggling to know how we're going to get through winter. Food banks are popping up more and more in Denmark, and this is not something I've seen in my lifetime. And they're becoming more frequently used by, by everyone from uh, pensioners to uh, to you know regular families, and people are talking about mink scandal. Like things that were, like oh that's an American problem in the American side or a UK problem like food banks mm. is now coming across to, it's coming Disneyland here. and it's a bit like oh people are saying how are we gonna pay our bills how are we gonna you know, survive. Danish companies are lowering the temperature in offices. I I think it was there was one company that was handing out blankets to their employees because they're saying we need it needs to be colder during this winter because we have to save the electricity. There's um. There's a commune that couldn't pay 
electricity bill mm. for the street lights mm. and, they, and it was like 800,000 kroner or something mm. and they told the government like yeah no we can't pay it so yeah. we're not going to pay it so there's like an internal fight between Christian Bond this community. but it's happening there yeah. there are people that for the first time in their lifetime they cannot pay the electricity bill I mean you told me as well your yeah. electricity bill this month sky high doubled yeah. for three months it's, it's insane and there's and you see it everywhere like you know, it's not just us being able to pay our bills in companies. It's like it's even small things that seem kind of quirky. You know, there's if you if you ever been by the lakes in Copenhagen, there are these neon signs, and there's this famous chicken that's laying eggs called the Irma chicken, and Irma is a Danish supermarket chain, right? And uh, for the first time since World War Two, they will they will turn off this chicken. And it will not be laying eggs twenty four seven as it's normally done because of yeah. the energy Electric, bill. Yeah, because it's too much. And yeah. public spaces. I mean, car parks. I read as well. Public car parks, multi story car parks. Mm. The light, the lights are going on a timer. So mm. when someone comes into the car park, the lights will come on, and then they'll turn off just because rather than being on all the time. I mean, on the, on the one hand, it in it's it's also forcing us to address the the you know, energy issues that also relates to climate change a lot uh, faster. And now it's because we're talking about energy bills, but we're also being forced to really think about how we use and spend our energy. And in that way, I think it's quite healthy. It's good because now we're thinking about, okay, should we unplug the standby on the TV? Should we? Yeah, and before we didn't, we were, we're you know, it's a, Denmark is a luxury nation and we're quite used to a lot of, these things we take them for granted and and i think now it's really forcing people to rethink our habits but you know it's a huge issue and so far i haven't really heard any politicians saying you know this is what we're going to do um in terms of the climate in terms of energy there's a lot of speculations there a lot of things like what would we do you know in terms of inflation i think in his listen went out and said that they they want to half the price the ticket price on all public transport which i think would be great i mean it's great but um but you know what does it do for, for energy it's a right bit cheap it's like a cheap kind of thing, yeah you know, like, oh, it's yeah. one it's one way to say to um, students on board well i mean there are also people that commute between you know copenhagen and fun or, or whatever and, and commute for long um periods of time to work so it's a way of saying like we're going to cut down on that for you but there's another thing which is by now infamous in this podcast, CERN Paper Paulson, he wants to uh, <laughs> limit the, you know, the taxes on groceries, and because that way um, the groceries will be cheaper. Because of the inflation, groceries are gonna have already risen an insane yeah, amount. It's you also know. up. It's crazy. Prices for things. Um, so Actually, fun like fun fact, but one thing that I really noticed about olive oil. Mm. Not like fancy olive oil. No, is it olive oil? Like sunflower oil. Mm. Rapeseed oil. Yes. Yeah. And it, I remember I used to always buy it and it would be like eight kroner. Yeah. It was 28 kroner. I know this because it comes from Ukraine. Eight to 28. Yeah. It's just, it's just insane and we're feeling it. And, you know, this is not something our generation ever expected no. to happen. Um, I think people's wages. I mean, I was telling you earlier, like I work full time. My mm. wages don't go as far as they used to. No. And it's just the basics you're trying to cover. But that's the thing. And yeah, people, everyone's feeling it now. So the question is like, what, what will the politicians do to, you know, circumvent this? And that's going to be like the focus of the election. Um, that should be the focus of the election um, in the coming weeks as well. 
I quite frankly I haven't I haven't really found um any of the major parties coming out and saying like this is what we're going to do it still feels like the debate is on mink scandal apologizing for africa and ice and <laughs> and you know so it it, it feels Just like we have to say that it's like oh, i know it did you say that? it also you know it also speaks to that this huge issue which i see which danish politics are generally also with like denmark as a as a society right now is that it is still really much run by white westerners danes ethnic danes and thou, so those are the perspectives that are guiding the policies and the things that we need to do and change. It's quite interesting to see, because we covered the commune elections, mm. and we did cover people from non-ethnic Danish backgrounds. Mm. And it's interesting to see on the main parties, I don't see anybody who's from like another back i just see the white ethnic not in like the, the the like the you know the big five yeah or the big four. it's actually not quite true there is um it's one of the smaller parties free Grüner. Free Grüner. free greens see again here we go the amount of new parties in denmark is insane liberal green or free green how can you confuse your green parties <laughs> because you know there's a difference between being a liberated green and a free green <laughs> You we've tell you tell me so the difference. Long. I f- like we've been off so long. I forget oh, sorry, it's because <laughs> the liberal greens and the independent greens. Oh, okay, so there's <laughs> more. Okay, is there a um, so what's there it called? established greens or what's established greens? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the light greens yeah. and the dark greens yeah. and the turquoise. You know, <laughs> oh, I'm not sure, but their their leader anyway is uh, Sikandasi Dik. And uh, and his parents um, are from Pakistan, but he uh, he grew up as a as a second generation as immigrant. Like a, yeah, okay, as a first generation Dean. Yes, and what uh, they call it. and th- so also a lot of their policies, also and his policies, of course, relates to loosening the immigration and refugee uh, restrictions that are going on in Denmark. Um, so he he's an example, but most of the other leaders and even other people in his party are really like ethnic Danes, or at least they come from maybe they have a, a French background or like a. Yeah. So you don't you don't get necessarily that one that's like, uh, you know, I mean, Albanian, Albanian or Macedonian exactly. or Pakistani. I, mean, I would love or... I would love to see what in the future in the near future hopefully a party leader wearing a scarf. Yeah, a headscarf. A headscarf. Yeah. For example. Yeah. But did you do the test? I did. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's both on like DR's website and TV2's website. I did the one on TV2's website. Okay. Did you? Yes. Great. You want to share? Yes. Um, cause, but I need to get the... the oh, first, first I want to understand. Were you surprised by the result? No. No? Not really. But I was surprised the answers that I gave mm. to the question. So it's basically to explain. It's a test. And they pose, like, different questions to you on topics for, like, example, on hospitals, on the environment, on immigration. Yeah, it can it can be, like, one of the questions I think they had was, like, do you think we should have... Uh, do you think the, the immigration rules in Denmark are too strict? Yeah. And then you can either say, agree a lot, uh, agree, neutral, disagree, or disagree a lot. Yeah, basically. Um, and so, you know, it, it puts you sort of in a scale. And then yeah. it 
takes all your answers, um, adds them up, and then it compares them to answers by politicians. And then you can then compare who do you actually agree most with in terms of politics. And you want to go first? Like, I was a bit surprised. Not, not, um, not by my number one, because that just shows kind of what an a international vegan hippie that I am. <laughs> it also, my number two and my number three shows how all over the place I think the Danish politics are <laughs> all the, over the place. Yeah, yeah. All over the place. Because okay, my my number three, so third place is the leader of Christian Democrat. Wow. Christian Democrat. Just FY to the listeners, I am Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so you. Oh my. And and, and, and sum and, them up the party like um, really Christian. Really, really Christian. Like really Christian. <laughs> I mean, if you put Christian in your name, you must be very yeah. Christian, right? Yeah. But they they're also uh, you know. Um, very much focused on uh, the the outskirts societies and very much focused on elder care and these kind of things, which is is great. But it just their focus is not so much on. Let's just say I, I would probably disagree with them on immigration, and I probably disagree with them as well on, on, on a bunch of other things relating so to climate. Not standing at the borders waving the flags. No, no. I like say so. come in. I wouldn't say so. <laughs> no. Um, and then my second was Moderatene. Wow, <laughs> that's hilarious. Right, right. I, I love that you're laughs. laughing because it just shows that you as well are, are going just like, what's going on? slammed Moderatna for the last like 10 minutes. And you're now, exactly. Wow. But also, to be fair, they are a center party. Yeah. And again, so they're, they're kind of just, they're kind of also saying, we don't have a stance on anything. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then my number one um, is Alternative. Okay. Uh, Christina Said Olumeko. I think she has African roots. Okay. And then the ones I agreed the least with uh, was Liberal Alliance, Liberal Alliance, and well, it's it's basically uh, two middle-aged white men called Klaus and Christian that I disagree most with. So I think that speaks a lot to to me. <laughs> so yeah, what uh, what um. So the most um, yeah, the the one that I was I'll do my three that I was most agreed with. Mm. They're all from the same party. Oh, which is nice. That's great. So consistency. Which party was that? So li- socialistics Folkepartiet. Okay. So yeah. The Socialist People's Party. I, I voted for them when I was in high school, yeah, and I was a. So I'm basically a Danish high school student. <laughs> you're a Danish high school student growing up in the early 2000s and going protesting for voters' <laughs> rights for students. Yes. AKA, you're me. And the most. Uh, so the third one I'm. Uh, Agreed with and by with seventy one percent is the politician Halim Oguz. Mm-hmm. Hope I said that correctly. Um, yeah. Then the second one with seventy two percent is Lisbeth Beck Nielsen, and then the number one with seventy two percent is Andreas Bernd Beck. I'm interested that you're so like seventy. Mine were I were eighty one percent and eighty two percent agreed with these politicians. So, okay. So I'm not. Sorry. What? So the my number from my number three and my number two, I agreed with them on eighty one percent. Okay, so you're quite. High. And number one, I agreed with her on eighty two percent. It was on different tasks, right? So like, yeah. on on with some of them, I agreed one hundred percent on climate things, but disagreed one hundred percent on other things that I might agree one hundred percent with in, in my number one. So, um, and but in terms of of which parties I'm supported, because I also saw that and. Then this is where it also comes. Again, I'm telling you, it's all over the place this year. So my number one party, not surprisingly, is Alternative. Yeah. Um, 
Which is alternative which in English. For me, it's I, I don't know how I feel about that, if I have to be honest. I feel like they're a bit fluff sometimes on some of their policies. policies. But again, like I said, I will say it again, it's all over the place this year and all the parties... Policies are a bit fluff, if I have to be honest. I, I just realized I love how alternative and the Christians are in the same <laughs> conversation. Because this, with this you. is the thing. My my second party is Radikale Winst. <laughs> Which is radical left. Radi- radical left. And I do, to be fair, I know that they're very green on their policies and they're very much for loosening uh, the immigration rules. And so sh- and Mette Frederiksen is not a fan of them this year. And I'm not a fan of her, I will say, just FYI. So. Probably that's why. Um, but then my third party is Christendemokraterne. Who knows? It's um, it's for, quite interesting. For me, so the ones that I was not, that I was in most disagreement with mm. is uh, Liberal Alliance, Venstre, yeah. uh, and then again, uh, Liberals. Cam, I, I, I mean, sure, you know, I, I, I come from a multicultural background and you're, you're, from your Scottish, I mean, and, and but looking at results, like dare I say, we're both quite left wing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it a surprise to you? No. No. The parties that I'm most uh, yep. agreed with is uh, Soch- Socialistic Volkepartie, mm-hmm. Inhilslisten, and Alternative. Yeah. So, yeah, left wing. <laughs> agreed with the Socialist. Uh, 63% with Inhilslisten and 61% with Alternative. But I just, uh, th- th- I'm sorry, to go back to why is the Christians came up in your... Well, the, the, what do you think was the issue that I, you agreed with? I don't know. I really don't know what it is. I think that I took like a radical stance on something with climate or whatever. Um, but I can't say what it it would be. I yeah, What I think is, is the thing that's tipping... Uh, the election or tipping the uh, alternatives. Sorry. Oh, oh your number four is Kristdemokraterna. <laughs> sorry, I just clicked on the, the results. You have four candidates like me. And my four, my fourth party is the Christian Democrats. And oh no. yeah, okay. You, so yeah, there's a Lila Stockman there. Yeah. No, so it's just the parties, that, not the candidates, but the party. My fourth party is the Christian Democrats. <laughs> You know, the the thing is, because this election is really, there are two major themes, which is uh, finances, like the economics and the climate, and they go hand in hand. And I think a lot of, you know, normally before, the thing that would divide voters uh, between the two would be, you would have on the left wing, you would have really like, uh, it would be climate change and it would be open immigration and inclusivity that would be sort of uh, recognized as the left-wing policies and like the social policies. And then the right-wing would be the ones focusing on financial policies. And all of that has blurred. Yeah. It's a big mix-up now. Yeah. And that's why I think we see this spillover because there is there is no longer a divide between financial policies and social policies or because everything ties together in in the financial crisis, but also in climate issues and in the issues that we're seeing with with um, with employment that we're lacking la- like the labor market and what's going on there so that's why i i think we s- we end up all of a sudden seeing ourselves reflected in christendemokraten <laughs> has there anybody came out with a radical immigration policy so far i actually saw uh, an election poster 
Oh God, I, 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 I spent so much time saying I, I think it's against the climate to have the election posters, but now I'm proving that they actually have an effect by saying this is what I saw on an election poster. Um, but it was a candidate from the Socialistisk Folkeparti, so your party, my party, as we have established, um, who he is running on. Um, what, what was it? The two things he said: um, uh, looser uh, immigration. And then it was uh, free dental care and free psychiatric. See, I health. agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. as well. The question is, of course, how you're going to get it. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the thing that the the left wing parties used to sort of lose in on um, elections on in the previous time was because the right wing will always come out and say, "Yeah, but what are your financial policies?" But right now, how are you going to pay for that? Exactly. Yeah. But now, right now, the financial crisis is so big and it's affecting everyone so that people actually don't really look on that so much more. They, they look at how can we, in the short term, make sure that people have more money or get more uh, out of the, the actual money they have. Right. So that was one thing. But having a radical. I don't know. They, well, the one thing is that this whole thing with Rwanda. Oh. Have you heard that? Yeah. The asylum center in Rwanda, which is a strategy the UK still tries to push through. With Pretty Patel. Yeah. And it's a thing that um, a lot of the Danish parties, especially Socialdemokratie, uh, are still trying to push through. And, we uh, should explain. So they want to make a reception center in Rwanda. Mm. So if you're For Danish ex- asylum seekers. So if you want to seek asylum in Denmark, you've not to come to Denmark and seek mm. asylum, present yourself at the border like you would normally do. You present yourself at this uh, reception center in Rwanda. And basically Rwanda are making money out of this. Like yeah, and al- and yeah. also it could also be that asylum seekers currently in Denmark would be then sent to Rwanda to relieve in the pressure, I guess. Uh, for those who can't see, I have air quotation marks. Relieve the pressure um, off of Danish asylum centers or close them down altogether. But it's it's a big business, uh, I think, to send it there. And some a majority of the parties agree with it but Radikale Vinsta for example uh, are 100% but against why it why do they agree I d- I'm sorry like as a general human thing why do they agree with that good question because it's uh, yeah I'm sorry it just I don't understand <laughs> no that, I, I don't I don't either on a human level of They're, like, let's, like it's going to cost more money to ship people down there well I think the idea is that um, um, they want to I think in long term the idea is they want to make it less attractive for refugees to seek towards Denmark okay. that is why immigration rules become so strict yeah. you know it's the same with um, they, they have seen an effect of the strict immigration rule in Denmark in that it has become less attractive um, as, a, as a destination for refugees unfortunately it's also become less attractive as a destination for expats and non-EU in- internationals and skilled laborers because of course it is so difficult to not just get a visa but also be able to land the right job and yeah, we, I mean we've talked about it on a podcast we yeah. did, um, and it's, it's, uh, it's difficult for employers as well I mean if you look at something Dansk Industrie, Danish Industries, it's called, uh, is an organization that's looking uh, across like the, the tech um, and production sector in Denmark. Danish engineers are talking about it, how Danish businesses are really struggling because they want this international talent, but the Danish immigration rules is making it near impossible to actually hire the right people because not just because of the process of um, sponsoring a visa for someone, but because there are requirements to salary. And sometimes you cannot yeah. defend this type of employee 
having that salary or and then sponsoring the visa like internally in the internally company. in the company yeah. they say we would love to have this but you know it, we cannot we cannot afford to hire this person on these conditions and also sponsor the visa and go through the process and and when we need someone now and even even then hiring someone you're not guaranteed that that person will then be able to get their visa accepted so because yeah. of these restrictions right and yeah i have a lot of friends colleagues that are on like they're american or they're thai and then they're doing a visa and they're paying a lot of money mm. for these visas and processes and it's just being granted a two-year visa yeah and it's like you have to go through the process again yeah well i uh there's someone in my network who is a bit of a, a pickle right now because um, she is uh, in between jobs. Her visa is running out in two and a half months and she needs to find a full-time employment, well, minimum 30 hours a week at a base salary, I think, of 32 or 34,000 a month. Um, and and she needs to find it in, in her field of work. Yeah. Um, so And she's struggling to do this. And so she's, she's risking deportation but she's yeah. been living here for nearly five years now i think so, so like her home is here her home her friends her network uh she really wants to stay here she wants to be here and that's you know so it's creating issues for people like that and unnecessary issues because one thing is you know the story of individuals another thing is it's also just not good for the danish economy we no. need these skilled laborers international skilled workers to come here and and bring uh, new perspective, new ideas, new skills, new equipment, new uh, ways and methods in order to also improve our systems. We and need the way doctors. We, we need doctors, we need nurses, we need uh, healthcare employees like crazy. And, you know, UK is in the same pickle because of uh, Brexit. Yeah. But this will be the last election I cannot because I'll become citizen in between now and... Well, I, I'm about to start the process. Let's see if it gets but, uh, granted. With things being as it is in Danish politics right now, are you looking forward to vote, though? <laughs> I'm looking... I mean, we've had Burger King and drunk driving, <laughs> and you're a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm a Jew that's you're... voting for Christians, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, ex no, I'm excited to take a donkey. So just, like, to have a donkey in the race. So mm. to sum up everything <laughs> good luck <laughs> who like because i am completely on the sidelines so mm. I, who are the big five you talk about you talk about meta morton yeah so is I've, inger really inger Swiber, is she really uh, well i think i think all of them threat. are the, the thing is you know during corona uh virus uh, the lockdown and the pandemic of the past couple of years social democracy took a strategy of rather than presenting themselves as a party they really put meta as a front figure and and, you know, that kind of, it's called personality politics, yeah. where you run your politics on one personality. And I think that has um, opened the floodgates for now r running More this election. More personality politics exactly. to come in. And so that's why we're seeing, like, the big big ones to really run is, um, I mean, Medefax, uh, of course, is the, the leader of the, the biggest party on the left. Um, so she will definitely have a say. Lars Lücke, um will have a say in, in which whether it would be uh, a win for the left wing or a win for the, the right wing. But he's not like, for example, hypothetically, mm. he's like, he's not a legit, like he could be the next prime minister. It's just no. more he, wherever he puts his support. Yeah. And that means he also has a, has a voice and he, he, it becomes a loud voice 
in the in the debates and in the election uh, in itself. And then there's uh, um, what's his name, Jakob Eleman Jensen, who is the leader of uh, Venstre, which is the biggest party on the right wing, okay. and so he's also a personality. And him together with CERN, Paper Polson, there have been a lot of talk about them you know running as the united right front so they might do a coalition in case they can get a one-party majority and that's what they want to do um and then it's going to be fun to see who wh who's 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 willing to step down and let the other one be the leader and then there's inga stoiper and she just she is a voice um oh, just, she's just, yeah a voice. she is a voice there we go <laughs> She's also a voice on a, on, a, on a podcast together with uh, the leader of Liberal Alliance, uh, wow. who's Alex Vanosley. Um, Are they friends? They I, I wouldn't say they're Cahoots? friends, no. They're both from Blue Block, Blue Block mm. which is the right wing. Uh, mm -hmm. It's what we call it in Denmark. And it's basically just a podcast about them talking about right-wing politics okay. uh friends no i wouldn't say i don't think any of these people are friends i think they're all just really you know it's it's a race and they're running for the throne and they're running for being in power and having a say over the next four years and and that's what i feel frustrated about in this election is that i'm not really seeing anyone come together and say well what are the bigger issues yeah. at hand which is getting through the winter financial crisis, um, our healthcare system crippling under the pressure of a pandemic and, um, you know, financial crisis as well, and the climate. And all of these things continue to be here and no parties are, are saying, okay, we want to go together to do this. It's more of saying, we want to win now so that once we at least know we're in power, then we can start talking about, okay, how do we deal with this? And I'm not sure that's the right strategy, but I'm also not a politician. So, if you were though, <laughs> I mean, I did. You'd be in the Christian Democrats. <laughs> no, I, w I would be an alternative, <laughs> as we've established. I did. I did once uh, um, stand up to my teacher in uh, in in junior high school, and one of my classmates uh, ended up shouting Miriam for president. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe there is. Were you on the student council? Yes, I was. I was, vi too. I was vice president. <laughs> I was in the student council in like primary school and secondary school. I was part of a, a protest in Aarhus where I went to school, um, where we were protesting. Um, to try and get the politicians to lower the voting age to 16 because we wanted to be part of the election. They did that in Scotland, worked really well. I think it's good. Mm. I think uh, we have a high voter turnout. Young people want to have a say in politics. Why not show them the respect and, and give it? And I think it will, it if would also shift. If you can serve in the army, and this is the thing in Scotland, yeah. they said if you can serve in the army, get married, have a baby, have sex, smoke cigarettes at 16, mm. you can vote. Mm. So, I think it makes sense. Yeah. We'll see. So we'll see. So when is the election? First of November in Denmark. Um, and the second of November in the Faroe Islands. No, thirty first. Thirty first. Sorry. So one day before. So and we'll see. It's gonna be. It's gonna be quite interesting. Um, yeah, I'm actually excited. The, maybe uh, maybe Nikolai and Felix will run now since they have the framework to live their own lives. Well, they're technically <laughs> they're still part of the of of the royal family and Kongehusel. So they so can't vote. They can't run. They can't run. I don't know if they can vote. That's a different thing, right? That's interesting. I I know they're tax exempt. Yeah. Did you know that everybody? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Card. Everything's taxed, but they can't vote. Hmm. Yeah. Same in Britain. Actually, they're not. 
analytical either. I mean, if you, you know, it's a, it's the div division of the power, the three division of the power, right? You don't want, we're not a monarchy anymore. So since we stopped being a monarchy with the constitution in 1848, and since then, well, it really came through in, in 19, early 1900s, when there was almost a, they almost uh, ended the, the monarchy completely, but the king then came through and, and gave all the full power to the to the, the Danish government and the state. And is it the same process UK? So they'll have an election and whoever's elected will go and ask permission to form a government to the Kongahusli? Well, it kind of is, yeah. yeah. Magreda has to be, have the final say, um, the final s signature. But Are you tempted to call it who's going to win? Or too early? How would I know? No? What, how would I even know what they stand for? <laughs> yeah. have, we n have we not just spent the past hour establishing no, it's, it's It's just really fun, though, to see if you were going to say Christian Democrats. <laughs> I don't think. No, they don't stand a chance. They don't stand a chance at, at becoming elite. The thing is, I don't think there will be a majority party. I think it would be a hung parliament. The question is just whether it would be a left wing, or a, a right, right wing, wing or a, a broad government, as Mitte Frederiksen calls it, which yeah. is the across the middle right. And if internationals want to follow, where is the best? I feel DR is quite good. To um, I would say Eltingel uh, have uh, is basically uh, a go-to platform even for Danish media in terms of the election. Uh, so they have a lot of things going on there. And but yes, DR TV two have constant updates on yep. it. Every um, day at seventeen thirty, there's a. TV show. Yes, so after the news at 5, then at 5.30 uh, DR does something they call election hour where they dive into a specific aspect of the election. Of course it is in Danish um, but it's still something you can follow. You can follow online on their website and get direct translation with Google Translate or whatever browser mm -hmm. or software you use. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think this will be the last time we, we cover, depending on what happens this week and in and maybe we'll cover next week's maybe episode. Maybe another drunk drive case or <laughs> something. I mean, what we are doing from now on is covering the biggest headlines yeah. of the week. So in this this until November first, the topic is election, and so there might be another election-related news. Yeah. Where can you follow us? You can follow us on Instagram at Radio Lit UK. You can also follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe to us on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, wherever mm. you get your podcasts, basically every platform. Yes, and then see you next week. See you next week.